1: Please open your Bibles this morning to the book of James as we continue our study of this very practical book. Somebody told me last week they didn't care much for this book because it does a lot of meddling in our behavior. Well, that's the whole purpose of the book, to tell us what to do and what not to do, Uh, to tell us those things that are right and wrong. And, and I love that about James because he will just r- go right down a list and telling us what we should and shouldn't do. Now, we'll begin in verse 12 in just a moment, but I, I want to bring you up to speed on what we've learned so far in the book. The first thing that we've learned is count it all joy. He says in all the many different trials and tribulations and temptations and hardships, All the things that we go through in life that I know every person here is familiar with. This is what he says, count it all joy. You see, and the reason we can do that as Christians is because we know that God is always up to something good. We know that God will take even what the enemy means for evil and use it for our good and for his glory. If we will simply trust him, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. And are called according to his purpose. And then the second thing we learned is ask God for wisdom. As we go through these hardships and difficult times in our lives. We are to ask God for wisdom. We're to ask God for his will. God what do you think about this situation I'm in? What do you think I should say? How should I treat this person? How should I respond? Lord what should I do? And we ask God and then we follow along Uh, the pathway of his leadership and his word. The third thing we learned is this, boast in the Lord. Good times, bad times, rich or poor, whatever's going on, if you are a child of God, you've got something to boast about. Boast about the salvation that the Lord Jesus Christ has brought into your life. Boast about how rich you are in Christ Jesus. Now, last week, we began looking at the subject, Stop Losing Your Temper. I told you this is a very practical book. Count it all joy, ask God for wisdom, boast in the Lord, and stop losing your temper. Stop getting angry and upset with everybody and everything. Stop being so irritated and agitated, is what James will tell us as we read the text in just a moment. Uh, Wrath and righteousness just do not go together. The wrath of man does not work. The righteousness of God. God has something better for us. Let's bow for a word of prayer just before we read the word. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for enlightenment today. We ask, God, that you will speak to our hearts. Lord, that you will truly give us your truth, that we'll be able to see life from your perspective, and that we'll live for you as your children, shining lights in a dark world. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. All right, let's begin reading in verse 12, James 1, verse 12, says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say, when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed, then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full-grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So then, my beloved brethren, Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now I want to call your attention to verse 19, the first two words in verse 19. It says, so then. Now if you're reading in another translation, it may say, wherefore, or therefore. This says in the King James, so then. What James is saying is based on everything I've just told you. So then, therefore, wherefore, because of what I've shared with you, he says, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. That means that we are to be keen and receptive, that we are to be listening to God, listening to others around us, listening, spend more time listening than speaking. And then he says that we are to be slow to speak. That means we're not to be a chatterbox. We're not to be always commenting about everything and everybody. Be slow to speak. And, and then he says, be slow to wrath. Now, when he says be slow to wrath, as I'll explain to you in a few moments, that means stop doing that. St- start listening a lot. Cut down on the chatter and stop getting angry. Stop getting upset. Stop, stop worrying about everything. I heard a cute little story many years ago about a preacher who had prepared uh, a message and he was so excited about preaching the message. And when he got to church that morning, they had a great service. And when he got up to start preaching, he had a major distraction right in front of him, seated right on the front pew. What it was, it was, it was a little boy, who was not the, the least bit interested in what the preacher was preaching. He was in his own world, and what he was doing is he was pretending like he was driving a car. He had his hands on a pretend steering wheel. He had his foot on a pretend gas pedal, and he had a pretend gear shift. And he was driving the car, and that was okay. It was distracting, but it was okay, until he brought in his own sound effects. And that's when he started shifting gears. He was going... Preacher had all he could stand, and he looked at the little boy and pointed at him, and he said, stop! And the boy goes... Well, friends, the Bible is full of stop signs. We don't want to talk about this a lot, but the Bible is just full of stop signs. The Bible is full of places where it points right at us, it gets right in our faces, and it says, Stop! Just stop doing that. You are a child of God. Don't do that anymore. Let me give you some examples. In Galatians 5.15, the Bible says, stop tearing each other down. If you read it, it'll say something like this, stop biting and devouring each other or you will destroy one another. You know, I was thinking how sad across America, there's a multitude of churches that don't even need Satan to fight against those churches because the members of the church are doing it a good job themselves. They're just biting and devouring them and gossiping and talking about one another. They're destroying their own ministry. The Bible says, stop doing that. Don't tear one another down. Here's another one. Titus 3, 2 says, stop speaking evil of others. I've preached on this many times. Stop speaking evil of other people, even your enemies. See, the Bible doesn't want us biting and devouring one another in the household of faith. But the Bible also tells us, don't speak evil of even your enemies. It says, speak evil of no one, even if it's true. Don't go around saying negative things about people. You see, the very person that you're speaking against and slandering may be the very person that two years from now, the Holy Spirit sends you to that person to lead them to Christ. They will hear you if you spent your life criticizing them and speaking evil against them. Titus 3, two just says, stop speaking evil of other people. And then Ephesians 4.29 says stop using bad language. I'm just trying to get you to see some examples. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace to the hearers. You see, friends, if you and I, if we call ourselves children of God, then clean your mouth up and stop using bad language. Just stop. That's what the Scripture is saying. Romans 12.2 says stop acting like the rest of the world. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, stop acting like the world. The biggest problem with the church today is that we follow the world more than we follow the will of God and the Word of God. We need to get back to the book. We need to stop being conformed to the world. And then... Somebody here today surely needs this one. Philippians 2:14 says, "Stop complaining and arguing." Really? Stop complaining. I thought I heard a, a, a moan there, just one. I'm sorry about that. Stop complaining. Stop arguing. Here's, here's what. Philippians 2:14 says, "Do everything without grumbling and complaining. Just quit grumbling. Are you grumbling and whining and complaining? You want to know what God's word has to say to you? Stop! Just stop. We're going somewhere with this, so hold on. Matthew, I mean, uh, Proverbs 3 5 says, Stop trusting in your own head and your own heart. Philippians 4 6 says, Stop worrying about everything. By the way, if you're worrying about something today, I don't care what it is, the Bible says not to worry about anything, but to. Pray about everything. Whatever you're worrying about today, the Bible just says stop and then just start praying about it. And then Ephesians 5.3 teaches us to stop committing sexual sin. If you read that in context, this is what it says. It says, it should not be named even once among you. Another translation says there shouldn't even be a hint of sexual sin among the people of God. You see, the Bible is just full of these stop signs It says stop, don't go there. Our text is one of those places, stop losing your temper. Be slow to anger and slow to wrath. When the Bible says be slow to wrath, it really does mean slow. The Greek word there means dull or inactive. It means don't go there, don't participate in that. When it comes to wrath and anger and losing your temper and getting upset, the Bible is saying that's off limits. You just don't do that. Now, I know that there is a place in the Bible for what we call righteous indignation. And there's one passage of Scripture that says, be angry and sin not. But the fact is, friends, we are not to be known as people who are angry and upset all the time. We're to be known as the people of God who are full of the love of God. We we are to walk around with the countenance of God upon us. We're to be lights in the darkness, not people who are reflecting the darkness. That's what we are to be. God wants us to be His representatives in the world. Now, friends, that's just not God's plan for us to be losing our temper all the time. Now, this is where we left off last week. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. That, that's where we ended. We just got to the first point. And I shared with you then that temptation is not all bad. Temptation is an opportunity for each one of us to win another battle. Temptation is an opportunity for us to pass the test. You see, every day of your life, you and I will be faced with tests that we will have to stand up against that test. We'll either fall against that trial, that tribulation, that temptation, or we'll stand up against it. And the Bible says, blessed. It it means happy is the man who stands up against the trials. He, He stands up against them. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. You see, friends, when you are faced with a hardship, a trial, a burden, a battle, a temptation... It is your opportunity to say no to Satan, the great tempter. It is your opportunity to say no to the world around you, which is full of temptation. And it is an opportunity for you as an individual to say no to your own desires, to to your own feelings, to your own emotions, to what James calls your own lust. That temptation that comes from within. When you are faced with a temptation to be able to say no to the tempter, no to the world, no to yourself, it's your opportunity to prove your allegiance and love for the Lord Jesus Christ and to stand for Him. And I ended the message last week with this statement, isn't it time for you to stop losing your temper, getting angry and upset about everything and just start winning the battle with temptation? Isn't it time for you and for me and for the church of Jesus Christ to take the Word of God, the truth of God's Word, stand on that truth and start winning victories? And the Bible says if we'll do that, it says we'll be blessed. Now I know, I've heard all the arguments, I know what some people think. This is what a lot of people think. Well, pastor, it's just not that simple anymore. It's just not that clear. Things are real confusing in these days in which we live. I'm not sure anymore. Sometimes it's just hard to know right from wrong. Well, friends, I don't want to hurt your feelings this morning. But no, it's not. It's not hard at all to tell right from wrong. In fact, it is real easy and real simple. And that is what James is talking about in this text. Look at verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. I just got to tell you, I love that verse. And I hope you'll love it after today. You see, friends, the reason it's not hard to tell what's right and what's wrong is because right and wrong never change. They never alter. It never moves. If it was wrong yesterday and a hundred years ago, it's wrong today and it'll always be wrong. Right is right and wrong is wrong and they never change. On several occasions, I'm not making this up, and this will be almost verbatim. I have had conversations with people over the phone in my office, and they will share with me some difficulty they're going through. And in the process, they will say, well, I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, and I need some help. And, and sometimes when they say that, I'll say, well, we'll just stop right there. You just told me you were doing this. And according to the Bible, that is a sin. According to the Bible, that's wrong. And that's something that you need to repent of and get out of your life. And God will forgive you. And so you're in the right place. I have heard this from people on several occasions. And I don't know if, I don't know if somebody is teaching this kind of stuff or what, but I've heard this. I've had people to say to me, Well, Pastor... God has given me peace about this. And I have peace about this thing in my heart. And and I've prayed about it, and God has told me it's all right. It's not something I have to worry about. It's okay. Well, friends, that's impossible. That's absolutely impossible for the Bible to call something sin and for God to give you peace about doing it. That's impossible. You you see, the reason that's impossible is because if that were the case, you couldn't have a verse in the Bible that says, Our Father, the one in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. You see, in the beginning, God gave us truth. He gave us the light of His truth. And in order for that truth to change or move, He has to change or move. He he has to alter his position. And this verse tells us that's not possible. Let me see if this will help. And that is that, uh, what if we had one big huge light? And what if we put it right up in the top of this worship center? I'm talking about a brilliant light. And we cut all the other lights off and we turn that one light on. The moment we turn that light on, there would be shadows all over the floor caused by bodies. We, we have some shadows on the floor right now. I was looking earlier, but I'm just talking about one light. We would have shadows caused by bodies and chairs and anything between the light and the floor, right? Now, what if we reached up and somehow ever so slightly shifted that light, moved that light. You know what would happen? Every shadow in the house would shift. The light would cause the shadows to shift. The Bible is telling us that every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. You see, our God is the Father of all the lights in the universe. He, he is the one who has given birth to every light that exists. He's the power source. He's the generator. He's the sustainer of all light. He is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. He is pure light. And He has given us the light of His Word and His truth and it does not move, alter, or change at all. Not at all. And when God shines His light, when God shines His truth, there is no shifting of the shadows. It just doesn't change. This is a big deal, people. This is a huge deal. This is is something we need to know. James wanted the readers back then to know that our God does not alter, change, shift, He doesn't change His position. He's God. Now, He doesn't change. The shadows don't shift. Why? One more time. Because He never alters His position on truth. He never changes His mind about truth. He never alters. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow as far... That's what the book of Hebrews tells us. Now listen... There are a lot of people in the world who want God to change and they want the Bible to change. In fact, there's a whole lot of people trying to make it change and trying to convince the whole world that God does change. But I want to tell you this, friends. You and I better be real glad God doesn't change. You see, the liberals and the, the superficial, phony believers are trying to convince everybody that God changes his mind about certain things. But for those of us who are true believers, we know better, don't we? And we better be glad God doesn't change. Do you know why why we should be glad God doesn't change? Hold on, fasten your seatbelts, because I'm going to throw something at you real hard, okay? You ready? Are you braced? Are you ready for this? Do you know why we better be glad God doesn't change? Because he would have probably killed us all a long time ago if he hadn't changed. If he were given to change. If God were given to change, he would have destroyed us a long time ago. L- listen to Malachi 3.6. It says, I am the Lord and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Yeah. Thank God. He doesn't change. Thank God when it comes to love and grace and mercy and salvation and help and redemption and Him being a long-suffering patient. God, thank God, He does not change. But friends, He does not change about truth either. Truth does not change. It doesn't shift. The shadows of truth do not move. They stay the same. And, And you say, well, Pastor, what are you getting at? Well, friends... You and I, if God doesn't change, and we can stop being frustrated. We can stop being upset. We can stop worrying about everything. We can stop being apprehensive. We can stop all of that and just start walking with our God who's steadfast and never changes. Let me ask you, maybe this will help. Let me ask you a foolish question. Is God sitting up in heaven wringing His hands? all nervous, all distraught, saying, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. Things are getting out of hand. I just don't know what to do anymore. How many of you think God is up in heaven, all nervous and frustrated with no idea of what to do? Not a hand in the house? No! Well, friends, if our God is an unchanging God, if He's got everything under control, if He knows where He's going and where He's taking His people, then I want to tell you today that in every situation we can count it all joy. We can ask God for wisdom every day of our lives. We can brag on our grand and glorious salvation that He has brought into our very hearts. And we can stop getting angry and upset and frustrated and worried at every turn. We can simply walk with God. We can start doing a whole lot of listening, a whole lot less talking, you know don't have to comment about everything that's going on in the world. And friends, we can stop getting upset. We, we, we can just calm down a little bit. Somebody said, well, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. But, but the Bible's been saying that the whole time, right? So we can calm down a little bit. Now, that doesn't mean you have to like it. That doesn't mean you, you have to be pleased with it. Because I don't like what's going on in America. I don't like what's going on in the world. There's a lot of things that are upsetting me today that I've had to look at this passage of Scripture and say, just calm down. God's still in control. Let me tell you something, friends. I'm broken hearted. And I think there's a difference between losing your temper, being angry and upset and frustrated, and being brokenhearted. I'm brokenhearted that this nation that I love so much is turning against the God that has blessed it so much. That just breaks my heart to see our nation and what's going on. A, a few years ago, down at. Uh, In Florida, uh, what is it? Florida Atlantic University, I think is what it's called. There was um, a student who was suspended from school because he refused to participate in an exercise. You know what the exercise was? The professor said, everybody get out a piece of paper. They took out a piece of paper. He said, I want everybody to write in big letters, huge letters, the name of Jesus. So they got out a piece of paper and they wrote Jesus on it. He said, now I want everybody to stand up. And he said, I want you to put the paper down on the floor. And then he said, I want you to stomp on the name of Jesus. By the way, friends, you can look it up. There are all kinds of articles. This happened a couple years ago. All kinds of articles on this. One student said, No! I will not do that. He picked the piece, because he didn't know where he was going. He did, did it up to that point. Picks the piece of paper up, puts it on the table, and he said, no, I will not stomp on Jesus' name. And he protested, and he got suspended. How does that happen in America? In God we trust! How does that happen in America? You, you see, friends, I just don't get that. But, by the way, I, you want me to give you a sad commentary about America? Here it, here it is, friends. How many of you have ever heard the story about the paper and stomping on Jesus? Raise your hand. I see m- m- maybe 2 or 3% of the congregation... I want to ask you another question now. What if that professor had said, take out a piece of paper, write the name of Muhammad on it, and put it on the floor, and I want you to stop on the name of of Muhammad. How many of us would have heard about that? Everyone. You know why? Because we now live in a nation that shows more respect to false gods and false prophets than it does the true God and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That breaks my heart. I'm not trying to say for a moment we have to like everything that's going on. I still can't get my brain around the fact that our beloved America has now said it's legal and right to have same-sex marriages. That's just mind-boggling. How does that happen? I don't know. I don't know. And then, how about this? Are you watching the news right now? Are you watching the news? Where we have the highest office in the land, the highest office in America is encouraging confusion among our precious children in school systems all over America. How, it is encouraging confusion. Confusion. If you wake up one morning and you're a girl and you start feeling like a boy, then you're a boy. Really. If you wake up one morning and you're a boy but you start feeling like a girl, then guess what? You're a girl, whatever you feel. If you feel like a boy, you're a boy. If you feel like a girl, you're a girl. Really? Really, you've got to be joking me. You, you know what? Forgive me. And I'm, I may have to ask the Lord to forgive me for some of the things I say from the pulpit. But I, I, when I was reading that the other day, I started thinking, this is reminding me of a movie I tried to watch some years ago. I didn't make it all the way through, but it reminded me of a movie that I saw. The title of the movie was Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and dumber. Just when I think it can't get any dumber. It does. That's like the dumbest thing I've ever thought of. You have the anatomy of a girl, but you think you're a boy, so now you're a boy? Wow. You know, I, I I think I'll get up in the morning go to Tallahassee Memorial Hospital, I'll go to the administration, and I will say to them, I woke up this morning feeling like a brain surgeon. And you will be discriminating against my rights if you don't let me do brain surgery today. Dumb and dumber. And friends, I've got news for you. It will get worse and worse. Now, before I leave this subject, I just want to tell you this, friends. My heart does break for children and adults who are suffering from gender confusion. You see, I think that's real and I'll tell you why I think it's real because I think we have a very real enemy who makes a very real attack who tries to destroy lives. And my heart breaks and your heart should break for people who are battling gender confusion. But we don't help the problem when we refuse to acknowledge that it's a problem. We should be helping the problem by pointing people to Jesus. We should be helping the problem by pointing them toward the Word of God. We should be helping the problem by not condemning and criticizing them, but helping them to overcome the temptation so that they can endure the temptation, come out triumphant on the other end in Jesus' name. That's what we should be doing. You see, one of the tricks that the enemy does is the enemy causes the government to do absolutely stupid things like this. And then the church gets all angry and all upset and all mad and and both sides just play right into the hands of the enemy. Oh, friends. I want to tell you... We, we should be ministering like we've never ministered before. And we should be doing it in love and in grace and mercy and compassion. And I want to tell you, some of our children and our grandchildren are facing temptations and trials and attacks by the enemy that were not even around in our day. And maybe they were, the reason it wasn't around is because our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents were still standing in the gap. Still holding to truth, God help us, God help us I, I i these are crazy times we're living in just just when you think it can't get any crazier it doesn't and can I tell you, friends, it's not going to change? well, it is going to change, but it's just going to get worse. It's just going to get worse every time I think, well, this is as bad as it gets, no few weeks, few months later, it just gets worse. But here's what you got to understand. None of this has caught God by surprise. <laughs> and it shouldn't catch the people of God by surprise. In the last days there shall be perilous times. Men shall be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. There will be wickedness on every hand. The Bible tells us we shouldn't be caught by surprise. You see, friends... I'm just saying to you today that if you and I believe this book, if we believe that this is a divine, holy book and it tells the truth, then we have to believe that our God is a God of light and He's a God of truth and He does not change and there are no shifting shadows when it comes to our God. We have to believe that God knew the end from the beginning. We have to believe that nothing catches Him by surprise. We have to believe that He is a sovereign God with a sovereign plan. That plan is still intact. And we as His people can walk with Him in that plan. If we believe this Bible, you and I should not be up and down and all over the place with our emotions and our feelings. We should just calm down and walk with God. We should take this book and understand that our unchanging God has told us what's good, and he's given that to us to enjoy. And he's told us, on the other hand, what's bad and what we need to say no to and stay away from. And friends, you can take that and take your Bible, and you and I, this church, can start walking victoriously in our Lord Jesus Christ. Would you bow with me in prayer?
0: Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.